Maricela, we got Pili on the line here. What do you want to ask her? So how do you connect with people and just maintain a presence with uh, potential investors? I don't raise money. I don't raise capital. I provide opportunity. I provide opportunity for investors. I provide a safe place for their money. Like I've had so many conversations on the passive investing side, on people trying to get into large multifamily, and some of them have some money that they need to invest. But that is not the way I go about things, though. I'm not mm-hmm. searching for money. Again, I'm searching for conversation. I'm searching for those that have financial goals that match what I can give them. Welcome to the Diary of an Apartment Investor podcast with your host, Brian Briscoe. In this podcast, we bring some of the top professionals in the apartment investing field to discuss various aspects of the apartment investing journey with the sole purpose of educating listeners to make wise investment decisions. The Diary of an Apartment Investor podcast is sponsored by Four Oaks Capital, bringing you high yield returns through apartment complex investing. This is journal entry 114 and part of our Ask the Experts series. Today, we speak with Pili Yurusi and Maricela Soberanes. Keep listening for tips on how to connect and maintain a personal presence with all your potential investors. And now, the show. Welcome to the Diary of an Apartment Investor podcast. I'm your host, Brian Briscoe with Four Oaks Capital. Very excited for today's show. It's one of our Ask the Expert episodes. And we have two amazing people on this episode today with us. We have Pili Yurusi and a very energetic, aspiring investor, Maricela Soberanes. So really quickly, Peely is an awesome mom who also happens to know a little bit about real estate and personal development. She and her husband, Jason, who is recently on this this podcast as an expert investor as well, are currently general partners in over 800 units with roughly 250 under their direct management. She runs investor and client relations for Yerusi Holdings and also their educational platform, the Multifamily Formula. And she is a co-host of their podcast, The Jason and Peely Project. And we're super excited to welcome her today's show. So Peely, thanks for coming on. Hi there. It's so, so, so much. I'm so honored to be here. Thanks so much. So I got to say that I, I've been wanting to have you on the show for a long, long time. I've asked a lot of people for, for recommendations on who to bring on the podcast. And your name has come up dozens and dozens of times. So I'm flattered that you're on the show. And I'm very, very happy to be recording this episode with you today. I have no idea why that is. I'm a total goofball. Maybe that's why. You know, They're like, she'll, she'll make people laugh. You know, some, sometimes you, you feel like a nut, right? I mean, uh-huh. and that's, that, that's, that's actually something that you know, my, my in-laws would, would always say to my kids when they were acting a little wacky, like sometimes you feel like a nut, but and sometimes uh, you don't. And sometimes you don't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that said, let's, let's talk about you for a little bit. Tell us a little okay. bit about yourself. Um, well, I was born in Hawaii in the 1980s, born and raised there to an amazing mama. She was a single mom until I was eight. We, there's times when we lived off food stamps. There's times when we had like really small apartments that we lived in. Mm-hmm. And I was just telling this to someone else earlier. I always remember being happy mm-hmm. no matter what. I was always surrounded by family. I was surrounded by my mom's love. Mm-hmm. And at one point we moved to Maui. And when we moved to Maui, that's where she met my stepfather, who is actually my real dad, mm-hmm. uh, is my dad of my heart. And he actually brought us to Oahu. So my stepfather's family mm-hmm. was a, completely different. They have 
they have real estate holdings. They had real estate holdings. Uh, they had real estate holdings in Maui. And at the time they had real estate holdings in Oahu. So I sort of grew up around that, even though I didn't actually learn about it until I was well into my thirties. Mm-hmm. So let's skip a little bit. Okay. I moved to New York. I'm in college. So let's skip a lot of it. Yep, I'm yep. in college. I moved to New York. I think I'm going to do Shakespeare for the rest of my life. I end up bartending. And this is how Jason and I meet. We, mm-hmm. I actually hired him um, to work for a bar that I was managing at the ripe old age of 23. I don't know how wow. I got that job, but I was managing this huge bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Jason and I just get to know each other. We're really good friends. We're really good coworkers. And then I moved to California because I mm-hmm. think I'm going to go hit it big in Hollywood. Uh, I ended up moving back to New York in 2009. Uh, no bad on LA or Hollywood. Amazing place. I have amazing friends there. It just didn't become my jam. It wasn't yeah. where my heart needed to be at the time. Move back to New York, get my old job. Now Jason's managing. So we mm-hmm. play this back and forth. Mm, He's managing. I'm managing. Yeah. He's managing. I'm managing. And our boss like likes to pit us up against mm-hmm. each other because our mindsets were, are so different at the time. Mm-hmm. So, and it, they were like, we were always friends. Mm-hmm. And at the time I was going through a little bit of a depression and I wasn't eating. There's at mm-hmm. some point I'm five, eight. Mm-hmm. And at one point I went down to 105 pounds. So he was one of my amazing friends that I would walk into work and there would be a Snickers bar or mm-hmm. there would be food at my station. And mm-hmm. I would always know it was either him or one of my other friends. So yeah. skip a little further into the story. 2012, 2013, we're both single, mm-hmm. but I decide I'm done with New York. I'm done with LA. I'm done with acting. I'm done with this, this whole like rat race. Mm-hmm. And I want to move back to Hawaii. And I do that. Mm-hmm. Jason and I are talking on the phone one day and he's like, you know what, Peely, why don't you meet me in San Francisco? Meet me halfway. Let's just go mm-hmm. hang out in San Francisco. And I'm like, I, at the time I didn't have any kids. Mm-hmm. I had nothing holding me back. I'd moved back to Hawaii with no job prospects. Mm-hmm. I'm like 33. Mm-hmm. I just moved back in with my parents um, because I was just like, well, it's Hawaii. I'm yeah. sure I could just get a bar job or I wasn't thinking into the future at that point. I was just like, I just needed to get out of the situation I was in at the time. Mm-hmm. So moved to San Francisco and that was the beginning of Jason and I's relationship. Mm-hmm. We met there and like, you know, it was a whole spark slew fireworks. Those two people who have been in each other's faces for at that point, it was almost 10 years. Mm-hmm. And that is how our journey began. began. Mm-hmm. If nobody knows who I'm talking about, I'm talking about Jason Yerusi. That's yeah. my husband. We actually run and we co-founded together Yerusi Holdings, which is a large multifamily uh, operation here in Tennessee. Our mm-hmm. holdings are in Kentucky and Tennessee. So I sort of skipped over a lot of the real estate stuff, but that's the that's sort of the personal journey I took to finding Jason mm-hmm. and finding my way into real estate. Yeah, yeah, I think that there's a lot of lot of gold there. First of all, I love Hawaii. I, I don't pronounce the the ni- names and islands the same way you do, but uh, 
you know, Maui and, and Oahu are two of the most beautiful places in the world, but I've also been on the big island too. And it's just amazing, but I would move there in a heartbeat, but yeah, great story. And honestly, I, I think, I think getting real and, and telling stories is, is actually a lot more, you know, people get to know you better and it's a, it's a relationship business. So knowing that part of you and, and Jason, you know, makes it a lot more real to people. So, so thanks for, for talking about that. And incidentally, for people listening, uh, the episode with, her husband released on February 22nd, episode 99. So, you know, go, go back a couple of weeks in the history, find that one and you'll hear his side of the story. But anyway, so here, here's a question. You meet him in New York. You were from Hawaii. Why Tennessee? Oh, that is, we actually get that question a lot. So Jason's born and raised in New Jersey. I'm born and raised in Hawaii. I told him at the beginning of our relationship, I can move anywhere. I could Mm -hmm. be anywhere as long as two things, as long as he's there, Mm -hmm. as long as I get to go back to Hawaii once or twice a year. Mm-hmm. So I could move anywhere. Mm-hmm. We decided on Tennessee kind of, it was almost a picking a name out of a bucket because we were looking at Arizona. We were looking at Utah. We were looking at Colorado. Uh, we also looked at Kentucky because we have a lot of our holdings are actually in Kentucky. So Tennessee is about a three hour drive away. Mm-hmm. We looked into the markets there. We actually took down one of our last deals our, is in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And we're like, well, why not? It just sounded like a great place to live. We found a house in a cul-de-sac that we're renting currently, Mm -hmm. and we're looking to purchase a farm that we can build a house on and just kind of like let our kids run. Like you want some physical education, go run from the house to the end of the lot and come back. Go check the mail. You know, exactly. Yeah. Be, be, uh, when, be, be back tomorrow. You know, yes, so. Basically, that's yeah. the type of land that we want. And we want to help. Nice. We want to have a farm and we want all that. So that's why Tennessee. And plus, mm-hmm. it's I mean, on the real estate front, it's closer to our holdings. And mm-hmm. I know we did very well. We actually just exited a property mm-hmm. early uh, 2000s. So this is like 2020, December. So we've proven the concept when we did that we're all while living in New Jersey, but being closer to our properties and being an asset managing them from three hours away just feels better. And it feels like we're better fiduciaries for our investors' money this way. Yeah. Yeah. And it's probably a lot easier. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you're in the acquisition mode as well, but you know, it makes the acquisition train move a lot smoother as well, just being yes. that close. You know, when when you got to go out and find a property and walk the property and do due diligence, love it, love it, love your story, and you know, I think that's uh, it's amazing. So let's talk about your big burning why for a minute. What gets you motivated, and what keeps you into the the multifamily space? Honestly, my kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I didn't wake up at four thirty every morning, they'd wake, they'd wake me up. So it's a big why. Um, it's all about building legacy wealth, and I know a lot of people say this, but it is actually true. This is why we got into real estate from the very beginning. So one of the portions that I skipped over Mm -hmm. was actually our genesis into real estate together. So Jason's family is 40 years, 50, depending on when you ask my father-in-law construction. Mm -hmm. And this is large scale construction. Our family takes homes, they lift them up. They're in flood ravaged communities that need our help. So the next step for that company was to get into flipping. And this was the same time, this is the same time that Jason and I decided to take our relationship to the next step of having children. And we decided that we didn't want to be in the restaurant industry anymore and that we were going to go into real estate. And I was going to get my real estate license. So I got my real estate license when I was pregnant 
first trimester with our first baby. So for all you mamas out there, you know how much fun that was probably. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I've watched my wife go through the first trimester five times now. And no, that's that's that doesn't sound fun. It wasn't, but... This is okay. This just proves my point. If you have the will, there is a way. If you have a big why, there is a way. My big why was that baby growing in my belly. I wanted to give him generational wealth. I didn't even think I put those two words together back then, but I wanted to build something for this ch child that Jason and I were going to love and adore and that was growing in my belly. And I was tired all the time. I fell asleep during class. We'd get an hour break. I'd go in the car, and this was winter go in the car, crank up the heat and fall asleep. Mm -hmm. I got a 98% on that test because I wanted it. Yeah. I wanted it so bad. So that's how I started. We, I went from real estate agent. We started flipping homes. Then we started wholesaling homes mm -hmm. and a turnkey operator found me at a real, a real estate uh, when we got to do meetups at a real meeting. And he told me about turnkey properties. I was like, that's not into that. I, I mm -hmm. want more control over my properties, especially yeah. I don't want to do them out of state. I want total control over my property. He's like, no, 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 no. Just here's the numbers. Here's a couple of properties that we have like, that are available right now. Go and take a look at them. So I mm -hmm. take a look at them and the numbers weirdly work. I showed mm -hmm. them to Jason. He was like, they work even more if we tweak it a little bit, if we actually manage the construction, if we fund everything. So we went into it with them, but instead of doing single family properties, we asked if they had duplexes. Mm -hmm. So long story short, we took down these two duplexes and that was sort of the genesis into getting into large multifamily. Either we were mm -hmm. going to scale these small multifamilies mm -hmm. and these properties were doing really, really well. And this was 2016, Indiana, the Indianapolis market was just getting hot. And if we had scaled that, I'm sure we would be doing fine right now. Yeah. But this gave us permission to think out of state properties and to start thinking bigger. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden Jason was like, well, if we can do this in Indianapolis, why can't we do 25 unit yeah. building? Why can't we do 50 unit building? Why can't we do a hundred unit building? And you know what I did? Mm -hmm. I told him no. Wow. Why? <laughs> why did you say no? We almost didn't get into large multifamily because I was pregnant with our mm -hmm. second at the time. I was pregnant with Lily, our second yes. child. We had our flipping business. Mm -hmm. We had our wholesaling business, which you all know if yeah. you're for my flippers and wholesalers, those are two separate businesses. Full-time jobs too. Yeah. Plus I was an agent. Mm-hmm. Plus you had the construction company, which Jason at the time was president of. You didn't want to add one more thing. And it was something we'd had no idea about. So we had to mm -hmm. learn it all from the very beginning. Yeah. And I was not into that. So Jason was like, took some convincing and he was like, you know what? I just, I found somebody that we can learn from, that we can do this with. And he was, he's very persuasive when he wants to be, when he mm -hmm. wants something, he's not going to let it go. So I was like, you're not going to let this go, are you? Okay. We'll learn about it, but if it doesn't work, if we, if there's any reason for us to pull out, we're pulling out and mm -hmm. you know what, you need to spearhead this because I was like, I need to focus on these other businesses and I need to focus on being pregnant and taking care of our toddler at the time. So that's how our journey started. It almost didn't. It almost stopped with me telling him no. Mm -hmm. And I had to get, I actually didn't even, I didn't realize it could be done. I had like doubts in my head. Mm -hmm. So it's amazing that we even took down our first property. And that's just because Jason's just that bullish on when it gets into something, but I still had limiting doubts until the moment, the moment Jason was like, we closed. I was like, we closed. 
We own a 94 unit apartment building mm-hmm. in Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah. What? <laughs> and then the hard work started. You know, and, and here's here's the thing. I think most people have the exact same hurdles they have to get over. I remember reading Rich Dad Poor Dad, and he talks a lot about commercial real estate and multifamily. And I remember thinking, wow, I don't even know where to start. And I just completely left it aside, you know, for, for 10 or 15 years, you know, until I got into it. But and even when I decided to do multifamily, I was seeing people doing, you know, or listening to podcasts about people doing that 94 unit that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hmm, maybe I can do a fourplex. Maybe I can do a six, you know, we, we all have those same limiting beliefs. And that's exactly, I, I think what, what a lot of people have to overcome is I don't think I can do it or it's going to be too hard or it's going to add too much to what we're already doing. So yeah, I appreciate you you saying that. I mean, that's, that's, I, I never would have guessed that. So yeah, I, I, no, everyone thinks that I'm like the yes person, the yeah. let's go do it. I'm like, no, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm actually the risk adverse person. Yeah. I'm yeah. the one that's like, let's, let's like, look at everything. Let's look at yeah. all the details. And until I know ex- that absolutely that this is going to work and it's real estate. Yeah. Of course, there's there's all sorts of risks involved that might not work. Mm-hmm. There's a high chance. I mean, we we read and see PPMs, private placement memorandums that list all the bad things that could happen. So yeah. after reading a PPM, I don't want to invest. I'm just like, I'm sponsoring this thing. Oh my god, no! But that's exactly. what PPMs do. Is it talks about mm-hmm. all the risks and that, mm-hmm. but yeah, you mitigate the risks though. So exactly. so here, here's a question. We're we're gonna go very hypothetical with this one. All right. If you had to start all over real estate investing, um, knowing what you know now, what would your path have looked like? It would have probably looked very similar, honestly, because mm-hmm. I'm all about, and I, I thought, I don't know if I thought of this quote or somebody else did, but I get the que- I get the question is, what would you ever tell your younger self if you could? And I would tell my younger self to tell me to shut up. It's all the mistakes. It's all the ideas. It's all the, it's all the successes that that younger self had that mm-hmm. made me who I am today. Yeah. So who's to say if I took me, maybe subtracted a couple of years and plopped myself back in mm-hmm. 2013, and maybe we start with large multifamily mm-hmm. and I already have the mistakes and the successes in my head. Yeah. yeah maybe we could have done that. And you know what? Maybe we, we would be huge right now. Mm-hmm. But the story still wouldn't have been the same. There's yep. a reasoning for this, the way we did it. Like I can, I can go into a room and talk to flippers and wholesalers mm-hmm. and talk from a huge knowledge base because I've done it before. Yeah. I can talk to people who have done turnkey because I've done it before. Mm-hmm. If we had skipped directly to large multifamily, yes, I could talk to other large multifamily providers. And yes, maybe we would have a bigger portfolio or maybe we wouldn't. It's still life. It's still things could have gone wrong that, or maybe would have jumped into the wrong property at the wrong time. So really, when it comes to that question, I'm just like, yeah, I probably would have done the same thing. Probably made the same mistakes. You know, and and somebody somebody asked me that question on a podcast too, and I had an epiphany, light bulb moment, and they they asked me what would what would you have told your 18 year old self? And I just remember thinking my 18-year-old self would not have listened to me. I mean, that's the real truth. You know, my 25-year-old self would not have listened to me. 
you know, my, my 25 year old self thought he knew everything, Mm -hmm. you know? So I, I had to learn school of hard knocks and I agree with you wholeheartedly that it's what made me who I am today, you know? So, so going back and, and subverting the process, would I be different? Yes. Would I be better? I don't know. You know? Mm. Maybe. Yeah. But it's but, still life. Yeah. But I mean, since we're hypothetical, I, I you know, may, maybe I'd be president of the United States right now. Who knows? Maybe. But uh, yeah. I, I, I would vote for you. Awesome. I got one. Maricela, would you vote for me? I got yes. two. Yes. All right. Start the campaign right now. <laughs> Do it. All right. So fun, fun discussion, really fun discussion. So let's talk about your Yurushi Holdings. Give me an idea of what you guys are doing and, and what you guys look for in investments. So we are looking for investments primarily in the Nashville, Tennessee, and Louisville, Kentucky markets. Mm-hmm. Uh, BC class assets, value add properties. Uh, we have taken on um, in the 50 unit range, but we are right now primarily looking in the 100 and up. And yeah, I mean, deals are, I think everyone's in like this acquisitions mode, this like this train going for the acquisition deal, deal, yeah. deal, deal, deal. But Jason and I are really sticking to our guns when it comes to our underwriting. Uh, we are hiring underwriters to come mm-hmm. work with us just so we can look at more. And just the fact that we are here present in these markets and we're, we've been basically, and here's another flipping and wholesaling term. We've been basically driving for dollars as well. Mm-hmm. Like we'll drive back past properties. I was like, I keep on driving by this one property. Here's the address. Let's look into it. So we're in acquisitions mode right now, but we have the same mentality. We're not going to force it. Mm-hmm. A lot of the conversations that I've been having, it sounds like a lot more people are forcing their numbers. They're trying to make things work, especially like newer multifamily providers. Mm-hmm. They tell me that we're, I'm trying to make these numbers work. I tell them, don't try. Yeah. They either work for you or they don't. Yeah. If they don't, you're wasting your time. Go look at the next one. A lot of the space is overheated right now. There's a lot of players. There's a lot of properties where there's multiple offers on. And I, I think it really is one of those scenarios where you've got to look at a hundred before you find you know one or two that work. So, I mean, it's it's kind of unfortunate for the, for the newer operator in, in a lot of ways, because there is so much work to be done to, to get that first deal. But Yes and no. For some of the newer operators that I've been talking to, they're, they've gotten a little discouraged. So on that end, yes, I don't want these, these new people in this space to get discouraged mm-hmm. because I tell them the great thing about what you're doing is you're underwriting every day. You're on your pay, yeah. you're like knocking down doors, you're doing the work, you're learning everything. So once this market shifts or you find that one deal, that gem that nobody else for some reason has seen, or some, for some reason, it just works for you. You'll know what you're looking at. You'll recognize it. Exactly. And you, you and I were both taught that, Mm -hmm. but I think in this season that we're in, I think it's really important for like a newer investor. So if you're a newer investor, listen to me right now, don't get discouraged you're going to be looking at, you might look at a thousand deals before that one pops up, but that one will take care of those thousand deals. Mm-hmm. That's why multifamily is so amazing because that one deal will take care of you and then you can grow from that. Uh, yeah. I love that perspective. You know, Don't get discouraged. Each one's getting you one step closer and you're going to recognize, yep, when you finally see a deal that works, 
you're going to look at that and say, what's wrong with my computer? You know, and you're, you're going to restart your Excel program and you're going to open it back up and be like, oh my goodness, this works. Yay. You know? You're like try and fudge it up. You're like, wait a minute. Let me, yeah. let me, let me try that again. It and then you're going works. to show it to somebody and they're going to be like, yeah, that works. Yeah. Yeah. And it happens. So mm-hmm. it happens. All right. So, so next question I want to ask is uh, what's next for you? Ooh. We have a couple things on our on our plate right now. So Jason and I have started to get into the big old Clubhouse app that everyone's mm-hmm. talking about. So we got into it like uh, someplace in December, mm-hmm. and that's kind of opened our eyes because we've gotten to expand our network. Mm-hmm. And you know when it's hard to explain. Uh, you know those times in your life when something happens that opens you up to your next big thing. So the mm-hmm. next big thing for us is development. We're looking into development. We're looking into uh, ground-up developments here in Nashville. And we're also looking in ground-up developments, agricultural side in Hawaii. And this is this has been my a really, really big dream of mine is to get back to Hawaii mm-hmm. and to purchase real estate for my family, for us to grow into, for us to pass down to our children. Cause I didn't have that. Mm-hmm. Um, my stepfather's family has land that's going to be passed down, but I want land that I acquired mm-hmm. that I have that's under our name that we tilled the soil. A story that I don't tell very often is once a lifetime ago, I was actually a farmer. Mm-hmm. I farmed, uh, I did berries in Hawaii. So I want to take that knowledge and I want to buy farmland in Hawaii, either on Maui or the big Island. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember one of, one of my trips to Hawaii, I think there, I think it's a huge dole plant or at least it was in the nineties, but I mean, you drive through Maui and there's just like acres and acres and acres of farmland out there. And it's, it's just a beautiful area. I, I, I like I said, I love Hawaii. You know, I was able to Interesting. So, so we'll find talk when we talk to Maricela, we'll find that she she's in the Navy or she was in the Navy reserves, but coming back from a deployment, I was on a ship and it stopped in Hawaii and took advantage to, you know, fly my dad out, fly my wife out and, and have a great time, you know, while we were, we were stopped over. But anyway, clubhouse, I, you know, I've been in a couple of the, the rooms you guys host. I think uh, you guys have really good conversations going on. Um, so for anybody listening, you know, if, if you're on clubhouse, you know, check out Jason and Peely, they've got a lot of good stuff going on. And you know, I, I seem to remember Jason talking about a conference you guys had coming up. Can you tell us oh, about that? Yes, yes. So we actually have two conferences coming up. So mm-hmm. on March 25th and 26th, that's going to be the Multifamily Live virtual mm-hmm. conference. We are super excited. This is free. It's open to everyone. Um, so go definitely go check that out. We are super excited about that. We're going to have a line of awesome speakers. It's going to be me and Jason sharing our story and any information that you could possibly need about multifamily, you can start there. So again, that is the Multifamily Live virtual conference, March 25th and 26th. So the second conference that we're having, it's going to be June 10th and 11th. And this thing is going to be huge. This is going to be multifamily live. It's going to be virtual, but it's going to feel like you're there with us. We have this huge sound sound studio that we're going to actually fly to in North Carolina. It's going to be this huge production where it's like no holds barred. We're spending a ton of money on it because we really, really want to get the word out about large multifamily. Like I said, if you want someone that will hold your hand and like make sure that you don't get discouraged, I'm that person. I'm that Mm -hmm. person that will guide you through it. So this is going to be the multifamily live conference, June 10th and 11th. 11th. Super excited about 
both of them. Awesome. Yeah. And, and for anybody listening, you know, we're going to make sure we have links down in the show notes. So if you just want to, you know, tap, swipe and tap, it'll whisk you away magically to wherever, you know, whatever website that's on. But, uh, um, and Peely, just make sure I have the link to that and we'll, yes. we'll hook it up. So, all right. You know, shifting gears one more time, you know, we're going to bring Maricela on right now. And Maricela has a bachelor's degree in business and a doctorate in nursing practice of anesthesia from Baylor College of Medicine. She started building her rental portfolio in 2005 with the personal acquisition of a small multifamily property. She now has a portfolio of self-managed small and medium multifamily totaling 34 units and is transitioning to larger multifamily properties. She has successfully invested in real estate through joint ventures as a hard money lender and as a limited partner in a multifamily syndication. And Maricela is also a veteran of the United States Navy. That said, Maricela, welcome to the show. Hey, Brian. Hey, Philly. Thank you so much for having me here. This is awesome. Great connection to have and very excited to learn from you, Philly. Thank you. Yeah, this is this is great. And once again, I just got to say, you know, thank you for your service uh, in, in the Navy from one serviceman to, to a service woman and everything. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you both yeah, of thank you. for your service. Yeah. So thank you for the support. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah, you know, and I, I know you were, you know, nurse anesthetist in the Navy, and I, I've had a couple of them put me under before. So, um, you yeah, <laughs> know, I had a couple of surgeries at, at naval hospitals, but I, yeah. I break myself way too frequently. But anyway, do us a favor and tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. Thank you. Uh, first, I will say by my, my last name is Soberanis, and kind of speaking of the uh, what I do, I usually say I'm the sober anesthetist. For you today. <laughs> it's just, uh, anyway, so a little bit about myself. One day I was hungry and I I found that recipe and I needed the, the ingredients. So I went to the grocery store and got everything I needed. Mm-hmm. Got all these bags full of supplies, right? Got back to my apartment and I realized I didn't have the key. I was hungry. I was really hungry. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the key to the apartment. There was nobody inside the apartment to open the door for me. So all of a sudden my hands are full, I'm like ready to cook and there was no way to get in the kitchen. Mm. So that's the way I found myself when I came to the States when I was 23 years old. Mm-hmm. I didn't speak the language, I didn't know anyone and I had $100 in my pocket. I earned a, a business degree in Mexico, but that's where I'm from. So when I came to the States, I um, pretty much was handicapped by not able to speak the language or just have the resources. And I thought I had all the tools that I needed and they were not not useful here. So I have to start from scratch. I found a way to put myself to school. As you mentioned, I'm a nurse anesthetist. I have a doctorate degree and and, um, anesthesia. And Mm -hmm. uh, that's what I do for a living. I've been trying to cut back because I've been getting into the real estate portion um, business. But yeah, it's it's been an ever-growing journey for sure. Mm -hmm. I I joined the Navy at one point after my doctorate degree. I was uh, just trying to find other ways to give back and to appreciate this wonderful country and I decided to join and mm-hmm. that's actually how I met my husband we were uh, in Sicily and we just connected we started talking about real estate and he got me <laughs> like he understood he wasn't like calling me crazy for trying to get mortgages as a debt and uh, trying to grow the business at that point I was already I had 11 doors when I met him mm-hmm. and from the time that I met him in 2017 to to t- last year actually we uh, had 35 doors a mm-hmm. combination of single single family homes duplex fourplex and uh, eightplex mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And I can, I cannot, the fact that you join somebody, you know, doesn't have to be your spouse. I was lucky to have him, but be my, also my spouse, but to have a business partner to support you in this journey and mm-hmm. to believe in you and to believe in the business plan. It's amazing. And then later on, we joined mastermind communities, like the ones that Philly and uh, Jason are putting together, mm-hmm. just coming around with, uh, and, you know, around people that, that are in the, in the same pretty much mindset um it's been just excelling for us uh we joined the mastermind communities in october last Mm -hmm. year and since then we've been uh, lps for apartment syndications four of them over 700 units all together and just recently we um joined did a joint venture for self-storage and we are in the process of of you know closing on that and no tenants, no, no toilets, we kind of like that because we self-manage our portfolio. <laughs> so that was very attractive yep. to us. And uh, recently, uh, we also joined a uh, multi-family community syndications, big names. I don't know mm-hmm. if I can drop them here or not. But uh, we are actually, in, in the, we're submitted an LOI for a 100 units apartment. So we are very wow. excited about that. And just, yeah, as a GPs, which, you know, yeah. we will be very hands-on. Uh, so I have lots of questions for you, Billy. Awesome. <laughs> and, awesome. Uh, yeah. So, so before we get to the questions, you know, I, I have a ton of respect for people who come here for from immigrants. My job in the Marine Corps is I am what's called a foreign area officer. And so I, I've actually worked in Mexico, in Chile, in Brazil, and been all around, but very impressed with, you know, coming here at age 23, not speaking the language. And, you know, with what you've done, I, I think that's absolutely amazing. So you know, great for you. And that said, Maricela, we got Pili on the line here. What do you want to ask her? Yay. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, but by the way, I love how I, I buy Kona around the perimeter, like around the, the, mm. the, the state and or the island. And I also went and put a medical mission together to go to Maui. We covered five clinics. We bought a dental care and eye fabrication for, for the residents of Maui and five other clinics. Clinics. Lana E was another one. I'm trying to remember the other three, but I can't. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I love, love, love Hawaii. That I is actually so amazing because Maui is actually, I've heard it's actually in need of medical mm-hmm. services more so than any of the other islands. It's I'm not sure why, but they are in need of medical services. So thank you for that. Thank you for your service. And your story is, it just fills me with strength and power to know that you came from such an amazing beginning to coming to America, to starting over, to giving your life and service And it's kind of like brought you full circle to this powerhouse of a woman that you are today. So thank you for being on this show. And I have, I'm just, I'm honored to speak to you. Oh my goodness. Thank you. Thank you for those very sweet words. I I appreciate it. But you know, everybody has a story, like you mentioned, I admire yours and, and here we are, like we are, uh, you know, I I believe that we are here to provide services to others and in some way or another, and and, in in all cases to facilitate other investors to make you know their meet their financial goals without having to spend that much time as we do spend getting educated and networking and, and all the stuff that we do in the background. So Marcella, how can I help you? <laughs> Thank you. So my, my uh well I think my my initial questions were more like how do you stay connected to people? How do you grow your investor database? How do you sell ones that you have 
a, a deal and he kind of i thought this question before we even had the deal so this kind of like landed perfectly yeah. um so, so how do you connect with people and just maintain a presence with uh, potential investors and educate them i guess and yeah so that's that's actually a perfect question for me because i am actually the investor like that's that's my bread and butter. I love talking with investors. I love I love knowing investors' birthdays. I love I love speaking with people. So the first thought that comes to my mind is, and this is especially for anyone who's new that's joining us or seasoned investors. I don't raise money. I don't raise capital. Don't do any of that. I provide opportunity. I provide opportunity for investors. I provide a safe place for their money. I provide education and I provide information. So for a quasi beginning investor such as yourself, but you have so much information, you told us your story, you're right there. You are on the GP side of the deal, you're on the JV side of the deal. So you are right there and you've you've jumped in in a really good way. And this is one of the ways that I tell people that they can jump in is either you find a mentor or you find an operator that you trust and you jump in on the LP side. So you are right there. So how we talk to investors and how we find investors, especially in this time and day and age, I've actually found so many investors. I know we already talked about this, but on Clubhouse, like I've had so many conversations on the passive investing side, on people trying to get into large multifamily, on people that are trying to get into real estate. And some of them have some money that they need to invest, but that is not the way I go about things though, I'm not Mm -hmm. searching for money. Again, I'm searching for conversation. I'm searching for those that have the same mindset. I'm searching for those that have financial goals that match what I can give them with my investment goals. So as you well know, with multifamily, it's a longer hold. It's not a flip. They're not going to get their money back in a few months. They're going to get their money back you know, as long as everything goes well (laughs) within a few years. So it's a different, it's a different story. It's a different conversation when you get to that money piece. But before you even get to the money piece, you want to know who you're investing with. Like even me on the GP side or on the operator side, I want to make sure I know my investors. I know there are these funds that are completely open that, you know, as long as you're accredited, you can join. That's all well and good. And maybe at some point, Jason, I will do something like that. But all the investors that we have, Jason and I know on a personal basis, we did our first 506C, which is, okay, 506B is B as in buddy. It's a, it's a syndication that you can actually get unaccredited investors in. 506C is accredited investors only. There's more to do to that, but that's, I'll leave it at that. So when I'm talking with investors, it's more important for me to get to know them first and foremost. Mm -hmm. And after that first conversation, I usually end the conversation. And most of the time we don't even get to the money part. I usually end the conversation with, if you want more information about the type of investments that we do, please go to our investment portal. And we actually have Mm -hmm. a portal called InvestNext. Once you enter this portal, you'll see one of our deals. And anytime we have another deal, that'll come through. And then I tell them what's the next step. And usually they'll ask me what the next steps are. So the next steps after that are, once we have that deal, you will receive the information about that deal. 
Now you have my, you have my phone number now and you'll have access to me. You'll probably get a phone call from me because I like to be hands-on when it comes to our properties. Maybe if we get into the bigger properties, I won't have time for this. I don't know, but I'm going to make the time for my investors. So that's the thing. They are trusting me with their hard-earned money. So I should be responsible and respectful enough to give them a phone call if I am asking for it. If I am wanting, if I want to provide this opportunity to them, they should receive a phone call from either myself, Jason, or one of the other partners. Does that make sense? Yeah. But that's how we talk to investors. I like something you said, Peely, that, that I, I really like it, is you're providing opportunities. You're not asking people for money. You are giving them opportunities. And if you make that, as, as somebody who is doing air quotes, if you're listening to this on the podcast, a capital raiser, your job isn't to, I mean, yes, you have to raise capital, but if, if you're going to your investors with the, the mindset of I'm raising capital, you're probably not going to do very well. But if you go to the investors with the mindset of, I am providing an opportunity. It's it's going to be a completely different conversation. And you know, if I had, if I had a little stamp right here, I could, you know, stamp of approval on everything Peely said. I think there's absolutely amazing, great, great, great philosophy, great answer. Absolutely, thank you. Yeah, thank you. That that makes sense. And um, you know, providing the opportunity, and that kind of goes along with uh, the the situation that we find ourselves these days, mm-hmm. as far as like you know. Not everybody has the time to learn it or be as involved. So being passive and being safe and that sort of thing, it doesn't have to be us, but you know, we want to educate you and empower you and empower you. And yeah, that's that's great. Thank you. I appreciate that. No problem. And my and my saw I'm sure somebody else has already told you this, but this is for the listeners out there. Tell everyone what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Everyone. Okay. Everyone. Yes. Shout it from the mountaintop. Shout it from the mountaintops. And, but there's a way to do it. Mm-hmm. People usually want to know like, oh, Marcella, how are you doing? What are you working on? Da, da, da. So just insert it into mm-hmm. the conversation. Yeah. Oh, you know that real estate mm-hmm. thing I was working on? Well, you know, I got this. I got this huge deal in contract. It's going to be 100 units. Once you say that, there would be like 100 units. How'd you do that? That's when you start talking about like what are you, what you're providing to people, how you're raising that money, and you can be like, yeah, it's X millions of dollars, and they're like, you have that kind of money? Oh no, 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 no! I do something that's called syndications. Syndication? Are you like mafia? No, 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 no! This is what syndications <laughs> are. So yeah, I've had you can can you tell I've had that yeah, conversation once or twice, yeah, yeah. once or twice. Once so or twice. yeah, <laughs> so yeah. but the thing is, this is how the conversation is going. You like get them excited or maybe they're not like i remember jason for instance jason and i went to the same chiropractor so we talked to him about about what we did all the time so mm-hmm. one day jason goes to the chiropractor and this is after like three or four years of going to the same chiropractor monthly after three or four years he's like you know that real estate thing you did do i i'm interested in it now can i invest we happen to have a deal at the time and he's one of our investors now mm-hmm. three to four years mind you And he was in one of our latest deals. So, but the thing is that three to four years came in the, came in like the number of, how much did he invest? It was either 75 or a hundred. And that was just like, he was like, this is just starter. Since this is my first one, I'm going to put this into this deal and we'll talk about the next one. And since those were his starter funds, I can only imagine what like the jump up is for him. So 
but that came from, well, it came from constant contact monthly talking to him about it. And finally he was like, finally he took the jump. So always open your mouth and speak into the spaces that you're in. You don't know who's listening or who's like finally going to jump on it. Yeah. And I, yeah, I found people, people self-select too. you know, you start talking about it. If they're interested, they're going to start asking and you will get what Peely said, people who ask you to invest. And that's, you know, you talk about it, you talk about it, you talk about it. People who are interested will self-select and will say, that sounds awesome. I want in. This is beautiful. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. So the other thing is like, um, at once that you establish the connection and, you know, the first connection that, that you make is, conversational getting to know them and getting to know just their families as well uh, how do you actually track that in the background to make sure that like, next time you connect with them you actually remember things and maybe whatever they mentioned like do you have a system a, a program that you use or do you just like take notes or what what, what is what what do you use yeah. so previously to um so we, we have a investor portal called invest next mm-hmm. so previously to that we just had google spreadsheets and we had everything in the Google Drive and we had one master list with every single investor. Basically, Jason and I got to the point when we first started, we listed everybody that we knew, everyone that we knew, how, and then how we knew them. This was more for SEC purposes and like conversations that we had with them um, about investing. And that was just the date, like talk to them, like investing and then the date that we had the conversation some people might think that's overkill you know with sec i'm not going to play around with that so we made sure we um, were very cognizant about making sure that that was delineated and we had it in writing so and we still use that to today because our investor portal doesn't really keep track of that kind of it does we can put that in the notes that's actually that's actually how I'm keeping track in the portal. There's notes. There's a place where I can like write down notes. And I can put date, talked about this, date, talked about this, date, mm-hmm. talked about this. But before the investor portal, we had the master list. And then we'd have a list per project, per deal. So any of those investors that came into a certain deal, we they would go on the list. I would date, I would bring over the information about how we knew them. If they were kind of newish, like we kind of knew them on Facebook and had met over a couple, like maybe we met at a RIA meeting or maybe we saw each other at a mastermind, we counted those as meetings. And as long as they were three of them, uh, we would consider them as safe, especially since we were doing 506B at the time. But we wanted to make sure that we kept track of that, not only for the legal part of it, but so we could go back and be like, oh yeah, that's right. We had this conversation with them. Oh yeah. We actually asked them previous to this or on the last deal, we asked them if they wanted to be in this deal. And then they said that they would be in the next deal. Um, so we would come back with those conversations. We also keep track of birthdays. We keep track of main events. Um, if someone has a child, we try to be there and just, I mean, it sounds very mechanical, but I'm not going to remember this without a spreadsheet. Everybody knows this about me. When it comes to numbers, if it's not on a spreadsheet, it's not in my head. If it's not on the calendar, it's not in my head. Does that make sense, Brian? Do you do sort of the same? You know what? We, I started with an Excel spreadsheet and that's still what we, we, we largely use. I mean, every time we, we have the investor portal and we've got the whole list, Mm -hmm. but typically what we do with, with each new deal is, you know, we will create a new spreadsheet 
and we'll just kind of categorize people. So it's like, who do we know, you know, and, and we do it by likelihood, you know, who is highly likely to invest and then who has expressed interest recently. And we, we categorize people in three different ways. And it's basically the people that, you know, are highlight, highly likely to invest and highly likely to put six figures in, you know, they're going to get phone calls, you know, and we just kind of categorize on how we're going to reach out to each one of these groups, you know, once we've been them into groups, but yeah, it's, it's largely done with spreadsheets and, you know, we, we've been pretty, pretty successful at that. I mean, it's, it's about as low key as, as you get and it's, probably something that we should probably bring into 21st century, but it, it's working. Well, the thing is it works though, because you can take the spreadsheet and you have your starter spreadsheet and as names get pushed up, like if you get the commitments mm-hmm. then they get pushed up, if you get the PPM, they get pushed up and all of a sudden you'll have like the list of people with the PPM. And if they, if they put the money in, if they put the, if they send their wire, they get pushed up into the, like, absolutely they're in the deal, but you, it's also a great way to speak to your partners without really speaking to them because you can mm-hmm. see all the information as it goes in real time, especially if all of you are doing the capital raise together, which normally that is, there's usually like for us, our last uh, acquisition, one of our partners wanted to do the entire raise himself. Mm-hmm. He ended up getting really, really busy. So I was like, nope, I am doing it with you. Yeah. My favorite part because this is when I get to talk to people. So I, I set up the spreadsheet and I was like, this is the spreadsheet we're going to use because this is what I'm used to. And we just all follow the spreadsheet. As soon as paperwork came in, they got moved up. As soon as all these things got in, got moved in, they got moved up. And we would cross check this with our investor portal. But like Brian said, maybe there's a way to move it into the 21st century, but why break something yeah. that works? And it works really well. Yep. Yeah. And we, we, we hang it on, you know, we use Google sheets or Excel. I, I think we use Google sheets on everything, but all of us can, can access it. And we make notes, you know, who contacted them when, you know, did they soft commit? You know? And yes. we, we start keeping track of the soft commits, you know, Hey, he verbally committed to X amount. She verbally committed to X amount. And, and that's how we track it until we, we start actually raising funds. And, and then we track it through the bank account. That's, that's the fun part. Anyway, that said, thank you so, so much to both of you for coming on the show today. This was an amazing conversation. I loved getting to know you guys each a little bit better. One final question for each of you. Peely, you go first. How can the listeners learn more about you? Uh, the simplest way is to go to my website. That would be yarusiholdings.com, Y-A-R-U-S-I holdings with an S.com. Perfect. And we'll put that in the show notes. So tap, swipe, tap, boom. All right, Maricela, same question for you. Thank you. Thanks for having uh, this as a blog. I appreciate it. Uh, so I do write a blog. It's called uh, From Financial Survival to Financial Independence. Spell mm-hmm. the whole name. I don't know why I choose that whole thing. <laughs> uh, .com, that's the website. I also have a Facebook, uh, Couples in Real Estate. It's called mm-hmm. Corey. I also just uh, LinkedIn and all the other stuff is just my name. So Maricela right. Soberan is. Awesome. So blog, Facebook group, and, and links to social media. Uh, we'll, we'll make sure it's all in the, the show notes. Um, can you say the name of your blog again? I didn't catch everything. I was trying to write it down. From financial survival to financial independence. All right. That's perfect. Wrong. All right. Once again, thank you so, so much for coming on the show. And that's a wrap. Thank you for listening to the Diary of an Apartment Investor podcast today, brought to you by Four Oaks Capital. 
If you'd like to know more about how to invest in apartment buildings or want to be a guest in our show, visit our website at foroakscapital.com slash podcast or email us directly. If you're still listening, you obviously like the show, so pull out your phone, tap subscribe, and leave us a five-star rating on your favorite podcast app. And we'll see you again next week.